I want you to do me a favor as I intro where we're headed this morning. I want you to get a head start and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Just hold your place there. We'll be there momentarily. 1 Peter chapter 1. As you know, we've begun a series a few weeks ago called Awakening the Warrior Within. All the warriors in the house of God go, Amen. All of us have a responsibility to take our place uh, in God's kingdom, fulfilling His kingdom purposes in our life. Uh, and so we looked at that and ev- hopefully the, the, uh, the warrior has awakened within you uh, somewhat and you realize that God has called you to take your place and, and fulfill his kingdom purpose in the spiritual war that's going on. When you look in the book of Ephesians, you'll discover that uh, Paul was saying, once you know who you are in Christ, then Ephesians 6, finally my brethren... Uh, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then he begins to talk about the fact that that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God and and that we've got a war and we've got to put on the whole armor of God and begin to take our place and be victorious. I heard someone say this week, I love it, said we don't we don't war for the victory, we war from the from the standpoint we already have the victory. Amen. And how many of you know Christ uh, won the war in our behalf, but until he comes, we don't just hold the fort, we storm the gates. Somebody say, storm the gates. Jesus said, the church that I build, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so that's our posture. That's who we are in Christ. Now, last Sunday, we kind of shifted gears a little bit and began to talk about the warrior's weapons. This morning, I want to continue to weaponize you in a, from a spiritual standpoint where you can stand strong with the weapons of your warfare. I quoted, uh, I actually misquoted a passage of Scripture a few moments ago. I don't know if anybody caught that, but uh, I said Ephesians said this, but really Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. He said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we've got to be weaponized. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time we be weaponized. How many of you don't want to try to take hell on with a uh, water pistol? You've got to have spiritual weapons. And we need the weapons of our warfare not only available to us, but in, engaged in our life. And last Sunday, uh, we looked at the warrior's worship. We looked at Jehoshaphat, and oh, I wish you, if you weren't here, go back to iTunes, go back to our website, and just let that message make a big difference in your life. We looked at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, where the Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. There was a great army round about them, trying to overwhelm them, as, as numerous as they could, just innumerable army, and they began to worship God. Jehoshaphat worshiped before the battle. He worshiped at the beginning of the battle, and they all worshiped after the battle. And the Lord sent ambushments against their enemy. How many of you know sometimes this battle is just not ours, it's the Lord's? Amen. And if we'll just worship, everyone say, we've got to worship God. When we begin to worship, it engages the heavens, and they go to work in our behalf. And so... uh, That's one of our weapons. Now, this morning, I want to talk to you not only about worship, but I want to talk to you about the warrior's sword. Everyone say, the warrior's sword. As you know, in many different places, the Word of God is talked uh, about like a sword. We'll look at that momentarily, but let me just stop and give a commercial or two. Uh, This coming Wednesday night uh, is a night of worship where we're going to just gather together and wield the worship 
uh, 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 weapon into the spiritual atmosphere. We're going to give God all the praise and all the glory. Our worship team will be here. And we're going to begin to wield our worship in the heavenlies. And I believe God is going to be uh, uh, magnified and glorified. And the powers of darkness are going to be defeated in our lives and in our family. Somebody say amen. There may be someone here this morning, you're like Jehoshaphat. I don't know what to do in this situation. Well, get your eyes on Jesus and begin to worship him and see what he might do in your behalf. That's this Wednesday night. And so I want to encourage you to be here. And then next, the Wednesday after that, which I believe is the 10th, through, on through for four weeks, we're going to have a Wednesday night series taught by different members of our ministry team uh, called The Sword. And so it's all about the Word of God and how the Word of God makes a big difference in our life. And I want to encourage you on Wednesday nights to plug in and get the sword of the Lord operating in your life. Everybody say the sword. In fact, Kobe, who's not able to be here this morning, he's going to finish off this series talking about the authority of Scripture. You do not want to miss any one of these, but you don't want to miss that message. He shared some of it with our men the other night, and so uh, it's going to be a powerful time. Everybody say the sword. I'm just going to kick it off today and kind of get you engaged in the idea that God has the word of the Lord for us today to be able to uh, wield it against the powers of darkness. I love Revelation chapter 1. How many of you know Revelation? A lot of people are scared to read about Revelation, but you get in Revelation. John the Revelator was on the Isle called Patmos because of, of, of his love for God and his testimony for God. He had been banished to the Isle called Patmos, and God spoke to him. In fact, Jesus showed up in his life and made himself manifest. The resurrected Christ came into his life. And oh, you got to see it. In fact, it was so overwhelming that John said, I fell down like a dead man. But what he saw was amazing. He described in, in John chapter 1 the, the resurrected, glorified Christ. And one of the things that he revealed in that, he said in verse 16, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. How many of you know he was talking about the power of the Word of God? Because the Word of the Lord is, is the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians six seventeen. Part of the armor of God says this, and take the helmet of salvation... And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And everybody said, Amen. Now, I love Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For he says this about the writer of Hebrews, who I happen to think is Paul the Apostle, but I can't absolutely prove it, so I'll just, I'm, I'm just going to think that, and you can think it with me if you want. Uh, we, no one really knows. But the writer of Hebrews said, For the Word of God, is living and powerful. Everyone say living and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, I want you to see what the Word of God does in our behalf. It's living. Somebody say, the Word of God lives. And it's powerful. Say, the Word of God is powerful. Then he says, the word of God is sharper. Somebody say sharper. He says, sharper than any two-edged sword. And then catch this, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Let me just give you my little illustration there. Soul is kind of your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's kind of who you are. Spirit is all God. How many of you know, before you gave your life to Christ, your spirit was dead. But when Jesus came into your life, everybody go, you were lifed by God. Your spirit, you were caught, you were what the scripture says, born again. All the born again people say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
Now, what, what the writer of Hebrews says, the, pow- the power of God's Word comes in and separates and lets you understand, hey, this is me, this is God. You know what a lot of people's issues are? Well, is this really God? Is this what I need to be doing? I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Listen, when you get the Word of God working and operating in your life, you'll begin to know what the difference in you and God is all about. And you'll begin to tap into the revelation of the Spirit of God in your life. And then it says that the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That, that, that word or that phrase, that discerner, it means, in fact, I love what the New Living Translation says, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. In fact, David said the word is a lamp into our life and the word of the Lord shines into our heart and exposes the areas of our life. Now, we're talking about the word of God being a weapon today, but I want you to catch something with me this morning. I got a special notation for you that this is really what we're talking about today. I want you to catch this thought. I want, hey, tweet it, do whatever you want to do with it, take a picture of it, write it down, begin to realize, hey, this is what God wants to do in my life and this is what has to happen. Here's the special note that you and I need to address this morning. And it is this, the influence of the word or the influence of the sword must firstly, if we're going to effectively wield that sword, what do we need to do? We've got to yield to that sword. If you want to be weaponized, listen, let's read this together. Uh, The bottom phrase, everybody together. The influence of the sword, are you reading with me? Come on, out loud, here we go. The influence of the sword must first be internalized before it can be weaponized. In other words, you've got to let that word of God set up residence in your life and began to make a difference in your life. The influence of the sword must firstly be internalized before you can then be weaponized. You see, God gave us the sword of the Spirit to wield against the powers of darkness. What did, what did, the, what did Jesus say to the devil uh, when he was being tempted by him in the wilderness? Come on, somebody say it louder than she did. It is written. Everybody say it again. It is written. He wielded the sharp word of God against the powers of darkness. The Bible says the devil left him. Somebody say amen. It's the power of the word of God. But before you can wield it, you've got to yield to it. Did you get it? Look at your neighbor. Say, are you getting this this morning? It's got to be internalized in your life. See that Hebrews 4 verse 12, it's all about internalizing the power of God's word. That living, powerful, sharp word of God. That It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God must be internalized before you can be weaponized. You can't just grab your Bible and start shaking it at the devil, can you? And let me tell you something, you can't just quote it to the devil and it not being made real in your life. How many of you know it's hypocritical for us to proclaim it if we're not practicing it? Boy, I got a big amen right there. I didn't realize that you would say that. Hey, but we've, hey, we've got to internalize, let God's word make a difference in our life. Everybody say, the word of God is alive and well. You've got to embrace it and begin to internalize that word of God. Listen, if you've got your Bible, hold it up. If, you, if it's on your phone, hold it up, wherever it is. This is the word of God. It is alive and well. It's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Every part of this word is true. Amen. It is inerrant. It is infallible. Come on now, believe it with me. It's undeniable. 
We've got to internalize what God is saying. It's got to become real in our heart. If you want to, if you want to be, a, use, be able to use the weapon of war called the sword of the Lord, you've got to let the sword first be made manifest in your life. Amen. I'm going to give you the HBO embracing of God's word. I'm not talking about the TV station. Everybody say HBO. I'm going to show this to you in a moment. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Are you there? When you're there, say, I'm there, Pastor. Okay, when I get there, I'll tell you. I'm there, I'm there, Pastor. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at a lot of this, and we're going to, we're going to gain some insight. And listen, this is not the, this is not the, the, the tell-all of, of the power of God's Word in your life. This is just from one uh, pa- a few passages of Scripture, how we can internalize God's Word in our life, and then we can be weaponized. You see, before you can be weaponized, you've got to have it internalized. Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to begin in verse 20. Oh, gosh, I want to read more. I'm just going to go to verse 18. Knowing that, now let me just stop and say, see, I can't, I, I can't help but comment. Knowing that, he's about to talk about the principles of God's Word and what Christ has done for us on the cross. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from the aimless con- conduct received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Now catch verse 22. He's just saying, basically, we were redeemed by the power of the blood because of Christ on the cross, and we had faith in that. He says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Everyone say, obeying the truth. What is the truth? The Word of God. Through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the what? Somebody say through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass and the grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Now two more verses. Therefore, laying aside all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere the King James says, the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Basically, all those passages of Scripture say is that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and has the capacity to pierce even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What he's saying here is that you've got to embrace, you've got to internalize God's Word in your life. And we're going to look at some things from this passage of Scripture in a few moments that, that you're going to begin to realize, ooh, that's what happens when I begin to internalize God's Word in my life. Uh, but before I do that, let me give you the HBO methodology of internalizing in God's word. The first one is this. If you're going to internalize God's word in your life, uh, guess what? You've got to hear it. Everyone say hear it. That's the H. And we know the power when we hear God's word. 
It brings life into our life. First Peter chapter 1, verse 12, he says this. He says, we, those who have preached the gospel to you. In other words, these people had heard the gospel. These people from, from Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia, who Peter was writing to, he said, you've heard this gospel. You heard the word of the Lord. Verse 25 in the last part, he says, now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. In other words, you heard it. Everyone say, you got to hear it. What does it say in Romans chapter 10? That faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. In fact, he said, how are you going to believe unless you hear? How are you going to hear without a preacher? You've got to hear it. You've got to open up your ears to hear what God is saying. What did Hebrews say? It's, it pierces into our heart. That means we've got to open up our lives to begin to hear. What is God saying to me today through the ministry of the Word of God? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. The letter B stands for what? Once you hear it, you can begin to believe it. You can believe God's word. You've got to believe that this word is true and righteous altogether. And that's why I want you to be here on Wednesday nights uh, and, and the coming weeks to get a hold of the sword and let the faith of God begin to arise in you. You will be equipped. You will be empowered. You will be enabled by the ministry of God's word, not only on Sunday morning, but Wednesday night. And it will birth faith in your heart. When you look to these these believers and how Paul, uh, pardon me, Peter ministered to these believers and you look to the first part, you'll realize these people had believed what they heard. He talked in verse 7 about the genuineness of their faith. He knew they had believed the word that they had heard and they had had faith in God. What did Paul say in Ephesians about faith? He says, for we're saved by what? For by grace you are saved through what? Faith. And that's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. You've got to believe God's Word and begin to appropriate it and apply it in your life. And when you think about the book of Ephesians, when Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you're saved through faith. Then he gets over to chapter 6 and says, finally my brethren, and he begins to talk about the spiritual war going on and how we've got to be enabled and empowered and put on the whole armor of God. How to see the process? You've got to embrace it and believe it. You've got to internalize it before you can be weaponized by it. Okay? That's what we're talking about. Everyone say, hear it. Everyone say, believe it. And what's the letter O? You've got to obey it. If you believe it, you're going to have to obey it. Let me just throw this out to you. If you say you believe it, but you're not walking in obedience to God's uh, written word in your life, then you're really not believing it. You're just faking it. <laughs> You've got to walk in it and begin to allow God's word to be real in your life. Look what he said in verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. We've got to obey God's word and let it be made real in our life. That, 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 mean, that means it, it, it's to yield to the governance and influence and authority of God's word in your life. Yield to the governance of the word of God. A lot of people look at the word and so, say, well, let us examine the scriptures. Listen, the scriptures need to be examining us. We need to realize this is God's word for us. This is his authority in our life. 
And what does the Bible say about what I'm doing today? What does the Bible say about how I'm living today? What does the Word of God say? Are are we yielding to the Word of God? Are we hearing it, believing it, and obeying it? The HBO, am I hearing it in my heart? Is it making a difference in my life? You know, I've had a lot of people, here's what I miss me, I'm the pastor, let me just kind of get something off my chest. I've heard this before, people say this, you know, pastor, I'm just not receiving from you. Like there's something wrong with the word. What's happened is they got something on the inside that put a wall up against it in them uh, against me. And so they're not receiving. And so you know what they do? A lot of them, they go, well, I'm not receiving. I just got to go find somebody I can receive from. You know, it might be not, you know, hey, let me, let me tell you, the word of God's the word of God. It might be on the receiving end. We've got to come to a place where we hear it and then we begin to believe it and then we begin to obey it and we'll begin to see God. It's got to be internalized in our life. It's got to be the governor and the leader and the Lord of our life. What does the Bible say? Amen. You see, before you can be weaponized by the word, you've got to have the word be internalized in your life and begin to live and walk and breathe in the power of God's word. Begin to it become your food, your guide, your light, your governor. What does the Bible? Look at your neighbor and say, I wonder what the Bible says about that. Come on, ask somebody, I wonder what the Bible says about that. You know, the Bible's pretty clear in a lot of areas, especially in the area of how we live our life on planet Earth. You see, you've got to obey it. I love what Romans 6 says in verse 17. He says, though you were slaves to sin... Yet you obeyed from the heart. When we began to obey God's word from our heart and we began to say, I want to follow after. I have yielded myself to the governance and influence of God. I have internalized God's word in my life. Until that happens, we'll never be able to be weaponized by God's word and be able to stand up and and wield the word of God effectively against the powers of darkness that are so real in and around our life. And everybody said amen. But here's some good news. You want some good news? I want to give you some thoughts from 1 Peter chapter 1 and 2 about when you yield to the Word of God, the Word of God begins to go to work in your life. When you begin to hear, believe, and obey, when you yield to the governance of the Word of God in, in your life, number one, as most of us have experienced already, the Word of God will life you. The Word of God brings life. What did Hebrews say? The word of the Lord, the word of God is living and active. And look what it says in verse 23 of chapter 1. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. We're born again because of the power of God's word that is made real in our life. And could I tell you today, the word of God is still alive. And if you've been born again by the power of God's word, listen to me, as you read and study and meditate on the law of the Lord, it continues to bring life into every area of your life. The Word of God will bring life to you when you begin to internalize the Word of God. I love what James said in verse of chapter 1, verse 21. He said, receive with meekness the implanted Word. Everybody say implanted Word. 
There's another word there that you could use, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. In other other words, the word of God's got to begin to be internalized. It's got to begin to flow through your veins. It's got to become a part of your life. It can't be what you pick up every once in a while where you're in a pinch. Man, what does the Bible say? Oh, my Lord. You know, where I got to find a scripture about this. You know, it's got to become life. It's got to become real in your life. You've got to begin to internalize it. Amen. That's why Paul told the Philippians, he said, hold fast the word of life. The word of God will life you. It's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Number two, the word of God will liberate you. Somebody say Amen. In fact, what does it say in verse 18 and 19 concerning the word of God? He said, he redeemed you, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from the aimless conduct received by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. What's he saying? That it liberates us. When we embrace the truth of the gospel that Jesus Christ, what is the gospel? Jesus Christ died for our sins. He paid a great price. His blood was shed so so we wouldn't have to die. He died for us, paid the price for us so we could be born again. And the Bible says he was raised up. And and so Romans 6 says we too can be raised to walk in newness of life. What does that all mean? We're liberated from the governance of sin in our life. Amen. Remember James 1.21, I quoted it to you quickly. He said, he said this about the power of God's word, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That word save means to deliver and protect. The word of God will deliver you and protect you. It has, it has liberating powers to liberate us from things in our life. Hey, you want to be honest today? Think about your life. What are some things you're all tangled up in? What are some things that got you all tangled up? What is it about life that has you bound up, has you uh, 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 under the spell of something? Listen, the Word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it has the capacity to liberate us when we internalize God's Word in our life. I love what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 8, verse 31 and 32, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, what happens? Whoo! When you abide in God's word, you know what? It says this, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And guess what? The truth will set you free. Amen. Now, here's what a lot of people try to do. Not really. They think if I carry it around, I just put it on the coffee table, hold on to it. Hey, the truth. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. You embrace the truth. And the truth does what? Sets you free. That's the power of God's word. When we abide in God's word, the word of God will life you. The word of God will liberate you. Number three, the word of God will wash you. Look what he says in verse 22. He says this, since you have purified yourselves and your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit. Listen, the word of God has a cleansing effect in our life. What does it say in Ephesians about husbands and wives? 
Remember what it says? Hey, guys, remember this? When you bring the Word of God into your relationship, what does it do? It's like the washing of water by the Word of God. The Word of God's like a cleansing agent in your life and in your marriage and in your family. OMG, how many of you could use some of that in the house? I said, OMG, how many of you could use some of that in the house? How many of you, how many of you realize that people in your household are sporting a tude? Anybody in your household sporting a tude? You ever sported a tude? You ever got a, you got an issue going on in your life? Listen, the Bible says that we bring the word of God into our lives and into our relationships, into our marriage, into our family. It says you, what did they do? They purified themselves in the fact that they were obeying. They were internalizing the truth. They were, they were hearing it, believing it and obeying it. And it began to wash their lives. The power of God's word. It has a purifying effect in our life. Amen. How many of you appreciate the fact that when you were born again, Hebrew, uh, pardon me, Romans chapter 5 says you were justified. That means, some people say, just as if I'd never sinned. Amen. How many of you appreciate, I may be the only one, how many of you appreciate the fact that when you were born again, you were justified? God looked at you just as if I'd never sinned. I've been justified. Whoo! That's the only way you can get into the presence of God, having been justified. But how many of you know, while we live on planet Earth, we're in the process of being sanctified? And that's a process. And look what it says the Word of God has the power power to do in what they were doing. They were letting the Word of God purify their life. That word purify means to make clean and to sanctify. The Word of God works in our life and cleans us and purifies us and prepares us for that day when we meet Him face to face. Amen. And so the Word of God will wash you and cleanse you. You see, that's a process. Paul said this in Philippians 1, 6. He said, being confident of this very thing. Listen to me. Paul the apostle said this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me will complete it, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, I'm a work in progress. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a work in progress. And if, you have, if you're brave, look at somebody and say, you're a fine piece of work there, aren't you? You're a work in process. How many of you can testify to the fact that the person sitting next to you still has a little work to be done in their life? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Beverly, you can, I'm, all right, there you go. It's a process. But the Word of God will life you, liberate you, wash you, and number four, the Word of God will keep you protect you. That's what that word save meant in James chapter 1. It'll protect us and guard us and keep us and deliver us. And look what it says here about the Word of God. It says this in verse 23, the last part, the Word of God lives and abides forever. Verse 25, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. On out into into infinity. What did we say last week? To infinity and beyond. Amen. That's what the Word of God will do. The Word of God will keep you, guard you, save you, deliver you. What did David say in Psalm 119? I think it's verse 11. He said, Thy word have I hidden in my heart. In other words, I've internalized it. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How many of you know being righteous is not about saying nope to dope? 
It's not about obeying all the rules. It's about embracing what Christ has already done for us on Calvary's cross. And begin to walking in it, begin walking in it day by day, and letting His Word be be made manifest in our life. David said, I, "Hey, I, I have hidden Your Word in in my heart, and what has it begun to do? It has kept me from from sin in my life. It's kept me from making bad mistakes in my life. The Word of God will keep you, Amen. And number five, listen up: the Word of God will grow you." The Word of God grows us. Look what he said in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. He said, Therefore, laying aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure, sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. we got some new babies around the house. Uh, got some new babies. And you know what they're pretty consistent with? Needing milk. Everybody going, come on, everybody. Peter comes along and he says, listen, you got to begin to lay aside these things of this, of this world. You got to put it aside and you got to begin to desire the milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What do you desire today? When you got up this morning, what did you desire? Breakfast. Hey, we've got to let the hunger for the things of God begin to grow in us. When we get up in the morning, we've got to begin to, hmm, this is what I need. I've got to have the Word of God. I've got to internalize the Word of God in my life. I've got to begin to grow spiritually. Could I say to you, a lot of people in, in, in God's house even are spiritually stunted because they do not have a consistent diet of God's Word in their life. In fact, Hebrews talks about the people. I think it's Hebrews chapter 5, if I'm not mistaken. Hebrews chapter 5 talks about a, a people that says, by this time you ought to be teachers. You ought to have grown up. You have ought to have been eating and partaking of the Word of God. But now you're still like little babies and you need uh, milk instead of strong food. You've just been hanging around in the spiritual nursery all your life and you've, not, you've been just kind of drinking the pablum and you've not grown up and matured. You've got to get the Word going in your life. If you're going to grow Grow up spiritually and be strong in the Lord and the power of His mind. You got to know God's Word in your life. Amen. And you can begin to grow thereby. Amen. And how many of you know, just like Paul, that process is never complete until we see Him? We've got to internalize God's Word in our life. We've got to yield to the Word of God before we can wield the Word of God. If we want to wield the word, how many of you want to be victorious in every area of your life? Amen. How many of you are sick and tired of being sick and tired? Come on now. How many of you like to just rub his, the devil's nose in it for a time until till Jesus comes back? Well, Jesus said the church that I build, that's their, that's their purpose. They're to storm the gates of hell. The church that I build, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we, we rise to a whole new level of victory when we embrace God's Word in our life. When we begin to internalize it, then we can begin to weaponize it. And we can begin to obey it. Now, here, you want some last thoughts truth here that's going to help you? How many of you could, hey, I, I want some last thoughts truth. Let me give you this. This is the cool part. Because when you think about God's Word and about applying it and about hearing it, believing it, and obey it, obeying it, there's help. Look what he said. 
in verse 22. He said this, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, catch this phrase, through the Spirit. Everybody say, through the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit will help you. What did Jesus say when he left his disciples? Let not your heart be troubled. I'm going to take care of you. And also, don't worry about this. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you the helper, the paraclete, the one who comes along beside you to help you. He'll help us. In fact, what did Paul say concerning the the armor, the piece of the armor, the sword? It said it is the sword of what? It's the sword of the, come on, say it out loud. It's the sword of the spirit, the spirit of God. Listen, it's not just the word. It's the sword and spirit. You need the, you need the word and the spirit. Some people get all spirit, no word, or some people get all word, no spirit. Let me tell you something. Uh, when you get people all word, no spirit, whoo, they get cranky in a hurry. You get people all spirit, no word, they get weird in a hurry. They should balance each other, right? It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have help today. When you open up your Bible in the morning, or when you open up your Bible tonight, and when you begin to read the Word, you can say, Holy Spirit, help me now. Help me speak to me through the Word of God. Help me uh, uh, understand. And what did Paul pray for us in Ephesians chapter 1? That our eyes of our understanding might be opened, that we would know what is the hope of our calling, and, and, and we'd have revelation and inside in our life the Holy Spirit will help us study the word and know the word and grow in the word we got help but how many of you know even when we have help we've got to appropriate that help it doesn't work like this does it home it's time to open it up and began to internalize the Word of God in our life. And began to feed on the Word of God. Began to let the Word of God wash us. Some of us, we need a good old... You know, you ever heard this? Those Christians are brainwashed. You ever heard that? Ah, uh, y'all are just brainwashed. Right? We just chose what went to washing on our brains. We've opened our minds and our thoughts... What is, it's a, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It'll clean your brains. Now, let's all be honest. How many of us today, I'm going to put my hand up first. How many of us need a little brainwashing going on? Woo! I need a little brainwashing. The thoughts of my life. I, hey, that's where the battle is, is won or lost in our thought line. And if we can get the word of God in our thoughts and begin to meditate on the law of the Lord, I'm telling you, it will set up residence in our life. And oh, my, what will begin to happen is it will, once it gets internalized, look out, devil! The devil does not want you to know his word or God's word. He he will try to minimize it, undermine it, water it down, twist it around. 
Let me, can I be honest here? There might be somebody in this room today who, who, in reference to very clear commands of God, you've twisted it around so it's okay for you. God understands. But that's not what the Bible says. We've got to return to the foundation of God's Word in our life and begin to internalize it in our life. and Begin to let it grow us, liberate us, keep us, wash us, life us. That's the power of God's Word. And once it begins to be internalized, guess what? You are then weaponized. Let me ask you a question today as we close. Have you yielded to the governance and guidance of God's Word in your life? Has this become the authority in your life? Has this become the governance of your life? That's where it begins where you begin to embrace God's Word and begin to obey the truth through the Spirit. Begin to yield yourself to the governance and guidance of God's Word. You see, you can't take it up till you've taken it in. You can't wield it till you've yielded to it. And I want to ask you today to ponder that as we close this service today. As we apply God's Word, have you yielded yourself to the governance and guidance of God's Word in your daily life? This is the authority from which we build our life. Listen to me. Let me ask you this. If you choose not, where else are you building from? What firm foundation have you chosen? I've, I've had people say, well, it's just, I'm just building on what I think is right and good. Let me just ask, how's that working for you? All of us have a responsibility to embrace His truth in our life. I want us to stand together today. Let's let God have His way in our life. And I want us to just very simply ask ourselves, have I allowed God's Word to be the governor? Have I, have I heard it from my heart? Have I believed it in my heart? And am I doing my best to obey it? Father, today we thank You for the authority of Your Word in our life. I pray today that each of us today would take these next few moments to internalize your word in our life even this message about the word that would begin to make a big difference in our life as we embrace your word Father today I just want you to know that I'm opening my heart to hear what you're saying to me concerning the word of the Lord Father I just want you to know that I'm endeavoring to believe what you say and trust what you say. And Lord, we know let your word says let God be true and everybody else a liar because you are the truth. Your word is true and righteous altogether. Help us to embrace and internalize your word in our life. Let it be the governor and the leader of our life today. 